You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, back for hour number two on a Friday, and pleased to be joined now by the senior producer from NFL Films and co-host of ESPN's NFL Matchup Show. For one final time for the 2022 season, it's Greg Cosell. Greg, it's good talking to you again. Super Bowl week. I know you're busy out there in Arizona and uh, down Radio Row. It's the third Super Bowl out of four for the Chiefs. It's the second one in six years for the Philadelphia Eagles, two franchises that seem to be on the uptick. What do you think? I mean, obviously, Pat Mahomes winning the MVP last night is a huge deal, and he's a big key reason. What do you see about these two teams and their rosters that gave them a chance to get back to the big game? You know, I think most people, and it's probably very fair, Steve, to say that the Eagles may have the best roster in the NFL. But you and I both know that doesn't automatically mean you win a Super Bowl. And and most people, and I think it's also fair, would say that the Eagles in the trenches on both sides of the ball have the better personnel and the better units. I guess what I struggle with is I, I just don't know if that's going to be the deciding factor. It will be on specific plays, no question. You know, there will be plays where the Eagles O-line dominates. There will be plays in which their pass rush is a factor because I think when you get into third and long, for instance, that the Eagles' edge pass rushers, Reddick and Josh Sweat, clearly have a matchup advantage against the right tackle, Andrew Wiley, and the left tackle, Orlando Brown. But, you know, you played a long time, and you know that sometimes the way people just talk on paper about matchups, the game doesn't necessarily play out that way. I mean, you live that, you know, unfortunately. Um, you know, and, and the Patrick Mahomes factor is, is such a big factor because he, he is so good making plays outside the structure of the offense um, that it's just hard. I mean, I remember talking to a coach um, maybe a year or so ago saying when you play Patrick Mahomes, you really have two defenses. You have a defense for the first two or 2.2 seconds, which is the structure of your defense. And then you've got your defense after that. And that's where it gets really hard. Um, So, uh, you know, I think that on that side of the ball, it's really hard to gauge Mahomes. He'll be better than he was two weeks ago with his ankle. Maybe it won't be 100%, but he'll certainly be better than he was two weeks ago in the AFC Championship game. So, you've, And I've said it a million times, Greg, you may have a great team like the Philadelphia Eagles do. You may have a really good quarterback like the Chiefs do, but you got to play well on that day 
that it's an yeah. elimination game. And, and the Bills have found that out in the last three or four years. you got to play well on the day uh, that that game takes place. Now, Mahomes gives them an edge, no question about it. How do you quantify the difference a guy like Mahomes can make for a team? You, I mean, the Chief, you're, you're right. The Eagles walk in there with a loaded roster, playing at a high level, but Mahomes still has that innate ability and enough help around him to get out of problems, throwing across the body, no-look pass kind of thing. Sure. How do you quantify that, particularly as a defense, looking at that Chiefs offense with Andy Reid pulling the trigger? You know, I don't know if you can quantify it. I mean, think back to the Super Bowl they won when they beat the 49ers, when, in fact, Mahomes did not play great football for probably two and a half, three quarters, and the 49ers were winning, and the 49ers' defense under Robert Sala at the time played exceptionally well. Mahomes threw two picks. You know, he didn't look like the Mahomes of the season. And then all of a sudden, he makes one of those plays. You know, it's really hard to quantify as long as the game is close. Um, you know, so that that's really difficult. And and the other factor, we know everything runs through Mahomes, but then you have the Kelsey factor as well. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon is a young D coordinator. Um, he's obviously done a very good job. The Eagles defense has been very good this year. They have a lot of good players. But you, to me, and I'm not as smart as Jonathan Gannon, but I think you would agree, Steve, you have to have a plan for Kelsey. You can't just line up and play your normal defense. Now, I can't speak to what that plan is. We can all sort of speculate, oh, you know, if they play man, will they double them? In zone, will they bracket and, and do those kinds of things, whether it's, you know, east, west, north, south? How will they go about bracketing? But you have to have a plan. You can't just play your normal defense and say, okay, you know, if they throw it to Kelsey, that's okay. So, you know, I don't know what that'll be, but that will be a factor in the game. And the other factor, which we just discussed, is when Mahomes moves, they he and Kelsey seem to have a mind meld. I mean, Kelsey is unbelievable at finding open space when Mahomes moves. And that's just that's really difficult to defend. Yeah, we saw this team with the Chiefs last year with Tyreek Hill and the run they've been on with him as, as one of their receivers. They lose him. They cut costs at wide receivers. Still have Kelsey, but their offense, uh, it's different. And some would call it more efficient rather than more yeah. explosive. Give us a rundown of your take on that philosophy. Well, I think it started even with Hill last year because, as you may recall, Mahomes had about a three- or four-game stretch earlier in the season last year where he sort of the – the undisciplined and reckless nature that he can sometimes play with, which more often than not turns out to be positive, but at times it could be negative. And that happened last year early in the season. And I think they channeled him a little bit. And I also think that Mahomes, because he's so smart and so intuitive, he understood that, hey, let's get back and play with a little more rhythm. Let me get rid of the football. Let me take the throws that are there. There's nothing wrong with a seven-yard completion on first and ten to get to second and three. And I think that he has become so much uh, more refined in the manner in which he plays. And that's, he's just such an intuitively smart player that I think he gets that. And then he can save those, those special out of structure improvisational plays for when it's truly needed. Um, but I think that that change has been made. That's the way they played this year. Uh, they have staple concepts that they run every single week that they get to in multiple ways. And it's the perfect Andy Reid quarterback because Andy, Andy essentially runs the same stuff, Steve, that he ran with the Eagles. You know, it's the same offense. He just has the best quarterback he's ever had because when the defense does take away those concepts, Mahomes can make something happen. You know, 
McNabb could do that, Donovan McNabb, at times, obviously, but certainly no one does it like Mahomes, whose spatial awareness and field vision may be the best that I can recall seeing. Hey, Greg, good to see you. So let me ask, yeah, let me ask you this. Do you, I mean, we have two very well-balanced rosters overall. Some would argue that the Eagles have more top-to-bottom talent, which I think is probably true. But is there an offense that you can see more effectively dictating play in this game? In other words, taking control of the game and dictating the play offensively. I would say the Eagles uh, tactically, yes. Because I think with the Mahomes, uh, excuse me, the Hurts factor in the run game, uh, it's really problematic for defenses from a tactical perspective. We saw that in the NFC Championship game with two outstanding linebackers and Warner, who's the best linebacker in football, and Greenlaw, who's very, very good. You could see the conflict they were put into by all the potential plays that could come out of those shotgun offset back looks. Uh, and I think so the Eagles, from a tactical perspective, I think present more of a problem. You know, we just spoke about Steve and I, the Mahomes factor. That's different. Mahomes is obviously special and great, but it's a different kind of thing than what the Eagles present from a tactical perspective. So you've got this this club where Philly could kind of take over the game, particularly up front, like you said, and, and kind of dictate terms of how the other team has to play. Uh, yep. One of the things that has been surprising about the Chiefs this year is the amount of snaps they've gotten from rookies. Over 4,000 snaps yeah. from a bunch of rookies. Could you, and I know you go through the film and you watch these guys play, where have those rookies really saved the Chiefs, if, if at all? I think you have to look at the secondary, Steve, because they play dimes, six defensive backs, about 26, 27% of their defensive snaps, which I think is the second or third highest percentage in the NFL. And when they play dime, three rookies play. And, you know, I'm not sure Steve Spagnolo and those defensive coaches have gotten enough credit for that. I mean, you know how hard it is in this league, a quote-unquote passing league, to play with three rookies in your secondary. And they've done an unbelievable job of, I don't want to say camouflaging, because the guys have turned out to be good players. But, you know, normally you would not think of a team getting to a Super Bowl with a back end that plays three rookies on 26, 27 percent of their snaps. Let's take that a step further, Greg, because A.J. Brown to this point in the playoffs has not done a whole lot. Now, he hasn't had to because, you know, some of these playoff games have been pretty lopsided for the Eagles. So they really haven't had to turn to him all that often. Let's say hypothetically the Chiefs get up on the scoreboard early and now the Eagles can't run the football maybe as much as they wanted to because they got to keep pace with the Chiefs scoring potential is eight, I mean, we know A.J. Brown is capable, but have you seen these opposing defenses of the Eagles in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs do anything in particular to take him away? No. Um, and I think that's probably a function that Devontae Smith is pretty good, too. But, you know, what you just said, a lot of thoughts just went through my head. But I want to throw one stat out to you that I found absolutely remarkable. And Mike Tannenbaum was the one who gave it to me, so I'm not going to take credit for it. But check out this stat. This season, the entire season, in the second half of games, do you know how many passes Jalen Hurts has thrown with the Eagles losing in second half of games? 22. 
Oh, Think about that. That's the a- Eagles are never behind in the second half. So, you know, the goal, and maybe Hertz will be great at it, but the goal clearly is to make the Eagles a drop-back passing team in the second half and to see if they can then execute. Uh, because the Eagles are – this would be viewed as analytics, you know, and, and I don't view it that way, but I guess it would be viewed that way. The Eagles are believers in the – the approach that you come out throwing because they have a much higher percentage of passing in the first half of games. They come out throwing, they get the lead and they run to win and then they can get their pass rush going as well because the other team is behind. So that's really how they want to play. They've not been in games where they've been behind by any meaningful amount in second halves, you know, 22 pass attempts when you're behind in the second half for the whole season. To me, when I heard that was a mind boggling number. If they do get to that point where if the Chiefs can hang in there, maybe even have the lead deep into the third quarter, even if it's a close game, does Spagnolo have to blitz or want to blitz Philly to get home? I mean, he's got, you know, just um, what do you think? I guess I, I would say that that would be part of what he does. I spoke to a quarterback coach um last week who played the chiefs and he said in a very complimentary way that boy spags is such a pain in the you know what because he's very hard to play against because he's willing steve to pretty much do anything you know he's not one of those guys that you say oh he plays cover two that's what you know you're going to get and he's going to play it now he will play cover two but it's not as if that's the foundation and that's what he plays he will blitz he will play single high He'll, he'll go zero at times if he thinks that that's effective depending on down in distance and field location. So he gives you a lot to look at. You know, the three of us don't know what the percentages and degrees will be because we don't know how the game's going to play out. But Spags, this is not his first rodeo. I mean, I'm sure you remember back in 2007 when they beat the Patriots, and that year was the Patriots was, you know, the undefeated season, the whole deal, and the Patriots were scoring, you know, 30-plus points. And that game, I believe, was 17-14. He held Brady and the Patriots to two touchdowns. You know, so... He's he's going to have a plan. We just don't know what it is. And he's I think he's very open to doing different things depending on how the game goes. Greg, we've seen a lot of 12 and 13 personnel from the Chiefs in the playoffs. And perhaps it's a byproduct of some of the injuries they've had at the receiver position. Do you think that is a wise formula against this Eagles defense or might it might they be better served to spread them out? Well, it's funny, Brownie. They've done that all year. They've actually played out of 12 and 13 personnel, multiple tight end sets, almost 40% of their offensive snaps all season. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's one of the most intriguing unit personnel matchups in this Super Bowl because I'm so curious to see how the Eagles match up. Do the Eagles match up in their base with four DBs and play a 5-2 front? Or do the Eagles take the approach that, Kelsey is essentially a wide receiver because he's really not an attached line of scrimmage tight end. They even have Jody Fortson, who's back, who is not a volume target, but he was a wide receiver in college. So now you're dealing with with multiple formation looks from the Chiefs out of 12 and 13 personnel. I think they could do just what you said, but I, I don't know if you meant it that way, where I think they could go 12 and 13 and spread them out in 12 and 13 oh, because wow. of the players and then see how the Eagles respond to that, both from a personnel standpoint and then a coverage standpoint. Yeah, because taking that a step further, we saw the Bengals trying to neutralize Kelsey in a number of ways, taking yeah. him out of the middle of the field, and then the Eagle, the 
the Chiefs would line him up outside the numbers, and the yes. attention he drew would leave the middle of the field open for the Chiefs to exploit. I mean, it's going to be a really interesting cat and mouse game here. No, and, I, and that's why I'm so glad you brought that up, because to me, that is one of the most intriguing elements of this game, because the Chiefs have been a multiple tight end offense this season. Um, and it's not just in recent weeks. It's been all season. And they can do so much with Kelsey. He can line up anywhere. I mean, he's really just a receiver. You don't have to put two letters after his name. He's a receiver. Uh, and like I said, they have Fortune. Even Noah Gray. Noah Gray is not a bad athlete. You know, he started to catch some intermediate balls as well. So I'm really, really curious. Obviously, the Eagles know this and will have a plan. I'm very curious to see what their plan is. Well, when you talk about it like that, so the Eagles have gotten a lot of credit. I mean, they had 70 sacks this year. I mean, it's an enormous number. I mean, they've got a pass rush and a dominant line of scrimmage on defense. Give us an idea of how their secondary matches up. If their offensive line of the Chiefs can protect it and can block it up, how does their secondary match up? Well, and that raises one other point, though, because Andy Reid likes to get five out. He's not from the school of let's keep blockers in. So I think he's going to start the game getting five out and see how his tackles hold up. Um, Obviously, if he starts to have to keep people in, whether it's as primary pass protectors or even chipping, then you get into the numbers game, Steve. Then you can have seven defenders, you know, seven uh, pass coverage players for three or four receivers, and you feel really good about that. You you win the numbers game for for the most part. So I'm really curious to see that. I think think the Eagles have a good secondary. The matchup will be what is the degree of man coverage that they play? What is the degree of zone coverage they play? If they play man, I think the matchup on Kelsey will be C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who's been a slot corner in his career. That's what he was with the Saints. Now, I'm not saying that that means he shuts down Kelsey, but I think he's the only real matchup, uh, you know, unless, unless, you know, again, with two weeks, you know how things go, and unless they decide, because Gardner Johnson has corner skills, that they want to put Darius Slay on Kelsey. You know, th- that would not, if, if I saw that, I would not be totally surprised by it. Right. Tell us, if you could, a little bit more, Greg, because we don't get a lot of Eagles games here, being an AFC town. Yep. Um, with their 50 front, it just seems like they're so effective in getting one-on-ones across the board. And you just uh, said yeah. you just said how Andy doesn't like to leave guys in. I think that's putting an awful lot of pressure on their front five, even as good as they are. I mean, to me, man for man, I, I'm liking the Eagles in that. If you're going to go five versus five. And that's what the Eagles really want to do. That's one of the reasons they do it. It has to do with protection because that's pretty much the way teams pass protect versus those 50 fronts. And I think, as I mentioned, that the Eagles have a clear advantage on the edges because I think Andrew Wiley and Orlando Brown are not great in pass protection. And with Sweat against Brown and Reddick against Wiley, I think that's where the Eagles have a huge advantage. But then I think Brownie comes down to, you know, down in distance, field location, I, you know, if it's first and 10 and the Chiefs want to go RPO quick game, then it's not a factor. If you get into third and nine, you know, which there will be third and longs in the game, that's where it becomes a significant factor. So going back to 12 and 13 personnel again, yeah, we could see 13 personnel with two attached tight ends, Kelsey somewhere out there in the formation, and maybe it's just a quick chip and release type deal 
with the two Correct. tight ends to provide an outlet, right. provide a little protection, but then be an outlet. Yeah. And, and don't forget, you can also slow down pass rush a little bit formationally, just like you said. You know, let's say you do line up in 12 personnel or 13 and you have a tight end attached to the side of Reddick. That does slow him down for a beat because there's another player there that he's got to deal with. So you can you can slow down pass rush in multiple ways. And that's why and every team believes this. I'm not saying anything profound to this game, but that's why staying out of third and longs is so important. Now, it becomes increasingly important against a team like the Eagles because they can totally dominate with their pass rush. We've seen, we've talked about how they, you know, the Chiefs, you can all see it. We can all see it in our mind's eye of them spreading from sideline to sideline and Mahomes in shotgun empty or even with a tight end in a wingback position yep. kind of thing. How much of this, how much will it come to that you anticipate maybe cluster formations off the, off the hip of the tackle so somebody can get a piece of that guy or they start there and shift? I mean, because the Chiefs use all kinds right. of pre-snap stuff. How does that pre-snap, pre-snap philosophy you know, affect the defensive front. Well, and it also affects coverage because if you're talking about, let's say, tight bunches, well, it affects the front as well because it slows down pass rush, but it also forces corners to play with width and depth. It's very hard to press, Steve, as you know, against those tight bunch formations. It can be done, but, you know, the Eagles are not a pure man team, so it's not like that's their MO all the time. So it also helps with free access for your for your receivers, whoever they may be. So I think you'll see some of that as well. I think you'll see a good mix of spread. You'll see a good mix of tight formations. I mean, I think the Chiefs will do a lot of things. You know, look, Andy Reid's been doing this a long time. He's basically reached the pantheon of coaches. You know, he's seen a lot. Now, he likes to play a certain way, um, but I think you'll see a lot of different things from a formation and personnel standpoint. How susceptible has this Eagles front been, as aggressive as they are, to the screen game? Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, Andy is as good as there is with screens and he gets to them in so many different ways. Um, It would not surprise me to see that early in the game, Brownie, because you just want to give those pass rushers something else to think about. You know, whether the, the screens are effective or not, that remains to be seen. But you just, you know, you don't want to get in a situation where Reddick and Sweat can feel like they can just go. You know, you want to make them think the game a little bit. You want to give them things they have to react to. You know, one thing we've seen from Andy this year with screens is it's been really good with McKinnon where he kind of works through kind of across the formation, you know, a little different way to get to it. You know, Andy's really good at showing those little extra things that just slow down and, and put something else in the mind of a defensive line. And I think you'll see that early in the game for sure. And, and you've talked about what Philly wants to do and dictate play, and they, they're very rarely in the trailing position. They're really trailing in the second yep. half of these games. What do you expect early on in this game when you say, like, let's show them a screen pass early. Let's, let's see if, what, how they're going to affect the 12 and 13 personnel that Kansas City uses. Early in this game, what can we expect – kind of the trajectory to be, say, for instance, Kansas City gets the ball first coming out, you're going to see a lot of this, right? I mean, this is going to be a 12 and 13 kind of thing, and you're going to like a lot of experimentation, correct? I would think, you know, because I know Andy Reid's background, you know, with Holmgren and, you know, and, and really all that stems from Bill Walsh. I think, on the, you know, depending on how the, the series goes, obviously when it gets to be third and one, you step away from a, from a, a play call sequence because it's a specific situation. But I would bet that if it's all normal kind of down and distance stuff, 
you could see, you know, 12 different formations on, on the first 12 plays, right. you know, just to see how what they're going to do from a personnel standpoint and what they're going to do in terms of how they react, you know, and because that's I remember, you know, Mike Holmgren used to do that stuff all the time, Steve, as you may recall. I mean, the first 15 plays, you'd have 15 different formations. Right. Last one I've got for you, Greg, and you tell me if I'm wrong, but to me, I think the Eagles have the better team on the field, but I yeah. think that between the ears is where the Chiefs might have the edge, not only with Andy Reid, but with their quarterback in Mahomes. And this isn't a knock on Hurts. I just think that Mahomes' experience and his ability to manipulate defenses is yes. maybe his greatest skill that he has over Hurts. What kind of difference, though, does that give the Chiefs in terms of an edge on the field, in your opinion? Yeah, and I, I mean, that's the Mahomes factor because of his his ability to do those, those kinds of special things, which just break down what you're doing defensively. You could have the best defensive plan you've ever come up with, and the Mahomes factor can still beat you. Um, it's always hard, I think, for any of us. I mean, Steve played in Super Bowls. He's proud of you and I didn't. It's always hard to know <laughs> what the experience factor means. You know, I mean, obviously, uh, a number of the Eagles have not played in Super Bowls. Some have, obviously, because it's only been, what, uh, five years. Yeah. So, but, you know, certainly Jalen Hurts hasn't. Um, you, you could argue he did play in big games in college, but this is different. So it's always hard to know, you know, when you get into those moments, you know, like, for instance, let's say for whatever reason, the Eagles with their tactical approach, it's not working. The Chiefs are doing a great job. And Jalen does have to drop back and make throws. You know, I, I don't think any of us are going to sit here and say, well, he can't do that. But he hasn't had to do that a lot during the season, much at all, as we said. Right. So then, you, you know, we know Mahomes is going to be OK. You know, right. We don't we, we don't know for sure how the Eagles and Jalen Hurts would react if all of a sudden it's 24-14 late in the third quarter and they're losing. Yeah, last one for me, Greg, and it really speaks to it. it. Mahomes' game and his style of play is built for big moments like this when things go wrong, yeah. and you're playing against a good team that's going to make plays against you. Jalen Hurts seems, at least at this point of his career, now we may find out more about him because, and let's face it, like you said, we just haven't seen him do a lot of that. We've seen Mahomes do a lot of it, which gives us more confidence that he'll do it. But Jalen Hurts seems to be a young quarterback who is – taking advantage of a great roster around him, being well-coached, no question about it. But I think for most people, you talk yourself into the fact that Mahomes, we've seen Mahomes wriggle out of much tighter spots than we may see him in this weekend. Yeah. We don't know as much about Jalen Hurts and his ability. But on the surface, I don't know that Hurts is a bit his game and his style is built for big moments the way we've seen Mahomes well, get built. I will say this. Hertz does have secondary action ability. He can make plays with his legs. So he's capable of that as well. Um, and I think that could be a key. We'll see if that becomes a key element in the game, but he's certainly capable of that. Uh, and, and that may be a factor in the game. Um, but it's like I said, it's so hard to know about the experience factor. And when the game gets, you know, tight and, you know, one thing we've seen from Mahomes throughout his whole career is he has tremendous poise and composure. He never seems to be affected by anything that's going on. Right. Greg, thanks as always. Uh, we appreciate it all season long. We'll catch up with you at the Combine, my friend. Yeah, looking forward to it. That's not that far away, guys. <laughs> I know, it creeps up pretty fast, doesn't it? It feels like it's next week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not too far off. The days are long and the years are short. Yeah. Thanks, right. Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys.
All right, that's senior producer from NFL Films, Greg Cosell, joining us here as he does every Friday. The season will be coming to an end, so we won't see him for a couple of weeks, but as we said, we will definitely catch up with him when we are live, coming to you from Indianapolis at the NFL Combine at the start of next month. We take a break here. More coming your way next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.